This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery companion. Break down each week's brand new episode of the sixth live-action Star Trek series with us every Monday during the season. To subscribe on your iPhone, Android, or other device, visit our website at discoveringtrek.com. We are the Borg, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. You will listen. Resistance is futile. You must comply. Will show this side of the North Pole and your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. This is episode 124. I'm your co host, Bill Smith. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And uh, happy holidays to one and all. We're glad you're here. Uh, of course, when I say we, I do have to welcome my co host, the other half of of the Trek Geeks, because they're, you know, it's a plural name and stuff. And, um, He's been on Santa's naughty list for decades now, to the point where Santa is having to strip mine coal from various parts of the world just to make a delivery to his house every Christmas Eve. I, of course, speak of the lovely and talented Dan Davidson. Dan, Joya Noel, my friend. I'm turning in a new leaf. I'm on his good list this year, and I'm going to get good stuff. Right. No, I'm not. No, not at all. How are you, buddy? It's good to be here. Episode 124. Unbelievable. It really is. And in our last brand new episode of 2017, we take a little bit of a break for the holidays after this to spend time with our families. But um, we decided we're going to uh, revisit a topic we did this time last year. Yes, we are. And uh, it was a fun topic then. And I have a feeling it's going to be a good topic tonight, too. It is, of course, Shatnermas. That which you created many eons ago, uh, we're going to uh, revisit it with part deux tonight, my friend. Oh, c'est c'est bon. That is fair. Of course, you have to call it part deux if Shatner is involved, you know, with his Canadian heritage. He's from Quebec. So, I mean, it's, it's perfect. We'll get into the uh, the story and um, the tradition behind Shatner missing just a little bit. But, Dan, how might our friends out there in the podcastosphere tell us about their holiday traditions? Podcastosphere. I like that. Well, there's a whole bunch of ways, as always, on Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and Instagram. You can find us at Trek Geeks. And you can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. If you'd like to give us a call and leave us a voicemail, we'd love you to do that. You can call us at 508-784-1701. And you can also do the same thing over at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. 
And hey, Bill, did you know that there's this great new place? Well, it's not really new anymore, but over on Facebook, we have our official Facebook group called Camp Kittimer. Did you know that, sir? We do? Yes, absolutely. There's always good stuff going on. Lots of Christmas Star Trek stuff going on and everything else with all the other different holidays at this time of the year. And we'd love it if if everyone would just come on over there and join in on all the fun. Very easy to do so. Just go over to Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And one of our wonderful admins will let you write in to take part in all the fun. And we would love to see you over there. But please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in, any of these places may be used in a future episode. Spock. Dan, thank you so much. That was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, uh, I'm thinking next year, maybe we should do Rikermas. Okay. No, I gotta we'll get a chatter, I gotta be gotta get a big chair to climb over when I'm gonna sit down. <laughs> Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrants. <laughs> For all the news on all the Star Treks. <laughs> it's treknews.net. <laughs> Online at treknews.net. Oh my God, I have tears running down my face. I, I wasn't... Uh, that was sort of your your new wave beatbox, I would say. <laughs> that was fantastic. Good. No, oh, it was fantastic. Thank you, thank you. You had some scratching going on in there, and uh, and some real '80s vibe. I thought it was it was wonderful, a fine addition. I'm sure that our friends at Trek News will love it. I'm scratching right now, actually. Whoa, hey, too much information, Dan. Up first, you know, it's a ways away. I mean, it's not even 2018 yet. And guests for Star Trek Las Vegas this coming August are starting to pile up. And it looks like Discovery is going to be represented very heavily. They are piling up left and right. It is great to see that this is happening so early. There is still so much energy going on with uh, Star Trek Discovery. But uh, Creation Entertainment has announced that already having 50 confirmed guests for STLV, they are adding several Discovery uh, folks to the list of people that we'll be able to see in Vegas this summer, including Wilson Cruz, Mary Chifo, Kenneth Mitchell, Team Cole, and my, I'm so excited about this one, James Frain has been added to the list of people that are going to be on stage talking Star Trek Discovery with all of the fans in Vegas. Awesome, awesome news. This is incredibly exciting. I'm so glad that they've been added. I can only hope that even more get added. I would, uh, I, I, can you imagine the buzz that will occur if Sonequa Martin-Green is added for Star Trek Las Vegas in the next six months. <laughs> I, what was that? Did you step on a cat? No, it's the episode, the wink of an eye, people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, 
I, I am so excited for this. Of course, you know, in addition to all the great guests that you normally see at Star Trek Las Vegas, you know, the William Shatners, the Walter Koenigs, the Jonathan Frakes, the Brent Spiners, all of those, you know, the Enterprise guys, you, know, you name it. It's really going to be great to have the newest members of the Star Trek family as guests again this year and even some new ones, which I'm really excited about. What's really cool is last year we had a, a small taste of it. We had uh, several folks on stage, including Kenneth Mitchell was one. Wilson Cruz was another. Um, Sam uh, Vartholomeos, I believe, was one. And Mary Chifo were all on a panel together. And it was great to see them. But we had not seen anything yet except still pictures and a couple trailers with no nothing but the logo. We're going to have actual stuff to talk about this year in Vegas. A whole season will be done by then. We'll be wondering what's coming on in season two. I can't wait to see these panels with these folks and photo ops and autographs. I'm hoping. Yeah, man. It looks like I'm going to have to increase my budget for Star Trek Las Vegas because uh, I can't wait for this. We're going to have to put our heads together. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here instead of moving to the next bullet point in the outline for the show. Um, we also found out this week that Five Year Mission is not going to be the house band for Star Trek Las Vegas in August. And I have to tell you, I am really annoyed with creation. Um, instead, they've opted to use uh, Gary Graham's Sons of Kirk band for a second straight year. And this was after, I don't know about you, Dan, but uh, every review I heard of them including my own two ears, um, said they were just not the right band for the show. Well, you were being nice and politically correct when you gave your feelings. I said, I'm going to come right out. I'm, I think it sucks, and I'm pretty pissed that creation is doing this. We have heard nothing but negativity, not so much about the – I don't want to put, any neg- put anyone down in the band, but they just weren't that great. The Sunday that the convention ended, I had to sit in the main auditorium for several hours because I was waiting for some um, autographs uh, that I wanted to get done. And I was not impressed at all with um, any of the stuff going on uh, on stage. And I'm very disappointed. I, I, I hate I don't, I'm, I'm totally guessing when I say this. I have no information whatsoever. But I got to wonder if this is being done simply because Mr. Graham is a Star Trek alum and he now he's in this band. Hey, let's bring him back two years in a row. I am not happy with this decision. You know, I, I think it, it, it's one thing to have your average blues band as the house band. And that's really what Sons of Kirk is. There's no Star Trek content to what they do. But Five Year Mission is a Star Trek band. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of their songs are based on original series episodes. You know, you don't get more Star Trek than that. Plus, they always pick songs that are relevant and appropriate mm-hmm. f- to play celebrities on and off with. Very you don't point. hear Pretty Woman like you did last year with the Sons of Kirk for for Dr. Mae Jemison, yeah. which I just I thought was just tasteless. dumb. Yep. Tasteless. Yeah, thank you. That is the perfect word. It was mm-hmm. tasteless. So some people can criticize us for, you know, uh, for hammering Sons of Kirk, but I'm sorry. I'm a paying customer of creation. I go every year um, and I'm I'm very dismayed that they made this choice because I think it takes away from the convention experience. I think that's the big thing. I'd like to throw out a challenge right now if I could, Bill, and I don't want to get too deep in this conversation, but I challenge Creation Entertainment to give us a valid explanation on why they decided to go with Sons of Kirk again this year. Not just a, hey, we decided to go with with Sons of Kirk. Tell us why. I'd like to know, have you received overwhelming support from fans that you want this band? Because I'll tell you, from our area where we're fans and we talk to a lot of fans, we have not heard that at all. 
No, we haven't. So probably best to move on, Dan, sure. uh, because I think you and I could could keep complaining about this for quite some time. But let's talk about happier things in the news. Uh-huh. Happy. We talked uh, just a few moments ago about Discovery. And um, speaking of that fine series, the titles for the remaining six episodes of Discovery Season 1 have been released, buddy. They have 21 days from right now as we record. Episode 10, Despite Yourself, will be airing on CBS All Access. All of the titles have been released for the rest of season one. They got some great ones. Very interesting and makes you think right off the top of your head. Uh, So we're going to go through the list right now. Bill, I I just talked about Despite Yourself. And following that, we'll see The Wolf Inside and then Vaulting Ambition which sounds pretty good. And uh, what do we got coming up after that for episode 13, 14, and 15, my friend? Episode 13 is what's past is prologue. Episode 14 is the war without the war within. And episode 15, the season one finale for Star Trek Discovery is a question. It's, will you take my hand? Um, all very thought provoking. I have thought about these titles for a while and I I'm not going to try to predict anything because uh, so far the titles have been fantastic for some amazing episodes. And so far over on Discovering Trek, when we try to think what's going to happen, we're pretty much 0 for 9 so far, or at least 0 for 8, but we'll probably be wrong with what we think is going to happen in episode 10 too. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- one of the things I like about these titles is I noticed in in TNG and especially in Voyager, a lot of episodes and enterprise as well were one word or two words at the most and it's it was like okay you couldn't come up with a better title for this episode these have have substance to them and it it makes you want to think and and the first half of season one was no different they had some great titles um so i think this is great i'm looking forward to uh january 7th very much and uh getting back in the discovering trek chair at the same time coming up very soon it is, and we'll actually we actually have a, a new episode, a mid-season review of Discovering Trek this week. Um, so if you want to uh, check it out, I know you should know this. You're the host. I know. Um, you can head on over to uh, discoveringtrek.com, and uh, if you're not subscribed to that particular podcast already, beware. There's spoilers abound. Yes, but uh, it's some great discussion with great friends every single episode. So we hope you'll enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And Bill, I'm going to throw this one at you. Usually you do the headlines for news, but I'm going to throw one at you because I want to talk to you about this. You know, last week we mentioned uh, during this news segment that the soundtrack for Discovery would be released on Friday, December 15th. That was just a couple of days ago. And I believe you already posted on social media that you downloaded the album. So I'm going to put you on the spot, buddy. And uh, I want to hear your review on uh, what's uh, the review of this music for the newest Star Trek saga, I guess I could say. So, you know me, you know, this time of year, I listen to pretty much one thing and one thing only, mm-hmm. and that's that's Christmas music. You know, I listen to the Charlie Brown Christmas all the time. You know, I'll listen to, uh, to, to you know, the, the Rat Pack. I love the Rat Pack Christmas stuff, as, uh, as you've no doubt encountered in, in the car during our commutes. But I, I got to tell you, I've been listening to the Star Trek Discovery you know, season one, chapter one, official soundtrack. And it is fantastic, especially when you crank that sucker all the way up on the volume and the windows start shaking. <laughs> it, um, it just, it sounds fantastic. That theme um, played on a high volume in my vehicle 
Um, I tell you what, it's even better than seeing it on my television. Uh, Jeff Russo has written some fantastic music. And if you've enjoyed the first season of Discovery so far, you're really going to love this soundtrack album. Dan, I know you're a big soundtrack geek. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to love this album. Uh, It's funny because there's a track called Persistence, which I think is played during the – the the second mud episode, okay, you know where the where the key keeps traveling back in time, yes, and it's got this little techno version of the uh, the discovery theme at the beginning. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the the name of the track I'm thinking of, and I listened to that song on repeat at least three or four times through while I was in the car because it was just that great. Um, so I, I high praise for the soundtrack for me. You know, I've got some of the other soundtrack albums that I don't like nearly as much, but I really love this one. It's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I like, and I actually looked at the list of songs on on Amazon, and I did a couple of of the quick um, uh, previews, and and I'm there's a there's a rule between like December 10th and Christmas, I am not allowed to buy anything for myself, so I have not purchased it yet. It's not because I don't want to; it's because I'm not being allowed to, which you know makes sense. But anyway. One of the things that I like about Discovery's music is you just talked about it. There's like a techno beat, but also the um, the dance scene between Stamets and um, and Michael Burnham in that same episode. There's a romantic version of the Discovery theme playing in the background. I love that they're able to do that in different genres of music, so to speak, with this theme. And it works in everything they've done so far. I can't wait to hear it tomorrow morning during the commute. Now, I noticed when I downloaded it, because I, I downloaded it to my iPod straight from iTunes, mm-hmm. and it said it was mastered specifically for iTunes, the version that I downloaded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that tells me that, you know, uh, they, they've thought about how people are going to listen to this. And they've thought about the fact that people are going to listen to it in their car or on earbuds. And I, I have to think that's why I'm enjoying the listening experience so much. I mean, most people would not be able to perceive the, the difference, I'm sure. But I just happen to notice that particular line in the download. And it's like, huh. So, yeah, if you're, if you're going to buy the CD, if you're going to buy the, uh, the album online, whether it's through iTunes or Google Play or, or Amazon MP3 or whatever, um, I really think you're going to enjoy this one. Nice. Looking forward to hearing it, man. Well, buddy, we gather again this holiday season to celebrate the man. And this year, we're going to do it a little differently with our part du of Shatnermas. And by differently, I mean, we're going to focus specifically on Captain James Diberius Kirk. Very nice. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think we were sure what we were going to do with Shatnermas this year. And at one point I said, yeah, let's not do it. But then I said, you know, we had so much fun with it last year. And so did the listeners that, you know, let's pick a, an entirely new set of clips, but focus it purely on Star Trek this year. So that's kind of the the calculus behind our lists this year. I like the I like the idea. Uh, we talked about this a little bit during the week and what we wanted to do. And and I actually talked last week when we were talking about our, our coming attraction for what we're going to see this week or what we're going to hear this week, actually. And I said that it was going to be the best Kirk moments not in Star Trek. And I was totally mistaken by uh, what we were going to do. And I apologize for that. Um, I think what we're going to do here today is even better because we're going to talk about the best Kirk moments, whether it's in Star Trek or not in Star Trek, because they're 
could possibly be something outside of Star Trek that Shatner did as Kirk that could make the list. It could be. And there's a lot of stuff. So there's some some things that didn't make our list. Um, and I'm going to talk about one of the ones that didn't make mine now. There's a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial from the late 1980s that has Shatner and Jimmy Doohan. And I think it's from the UK. And it uses the next-gen engineering set and transporter. And uh, at some point, Captain Kirk's head gets beamed on to a woman's body. Um, it's not a great ad, but it's that kind of thing that it it could have made my list at the number six spot because I, I do just laugh at it every time I see it. Jeez. Did- you know, I, I have vaguely – I vaguely remember seeing that, but I remember doing more than Shatner, I think. I'm going to have to go back and look for it and uh, and watch it again, I think. Were there any that didn't make your list that, you know, you would have put on if we'd, we'd done more picks? Yeah, and, and I, I will say that a lot of mine focused on actual Star Trek episodes. And I think my number six pick, if we were doing uh, – um, Oh, what are they? What does Jim call it on his podcast? Uh, the uh, the secondary systems, um, trouble with tribbles. Just the it's a perfect Shatner um, sentence when he goes to get food out of the replicator, and there are tribbles in his food. This is my chicken sandwich and coffee. <laughs> I want these things off the ship. I don't care if it takes every last man. I want them off the ship. I just I've I laugh every time that is on because it's just perfect Shatner. The what? The what? <laughs> <laughs> storage compartments? Storage compartments? <laughs> so, Dan, you and I have each compiled a list of five different clips. Um, at least I assume they're different because um, we're going to go through them now and we're going to find out if there's any overlap. Yes. But um, we'll probably have you go first and then we'll trade off. And what we'll do is we'll we'll set up the clip, we'll play the clip, and then we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. So uh, with that said, Mon Frere, um, I guess you get to start with your number five. We'll count it backwards. Hey, let me ask you a question before we start. Did we go over the history of Shatnermus yet? Oh, you know what? We didn't. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Hey, you're pretty smart. I, I make things go. No, don't give yourself too much credit. Okay. Um, so several years ago, this is, I mean, it's got to be pretty close to eight or nine years ago. I don't think it's a full decade yet, but uh, you know, I was on Facebook and it occurred to me that um, you know, Shatner can be celebrated the whole year round, but he kind of needs his own holiday. So on Facebook, I started posting like a random Shatner clip every day for like eight days. And I decided to call it Shatnermas. And um, it, I would pick some obscure things you know, like we did last year. You know, we had, there were some clips that we had uh, or that I had initially like the I'm Canadian or the, uh, the White Comanche clip, which I always love. That is a great bad movie in the history of bad movies. Um, you've got the wrong man. Um, <laughs> but it, it carried forward. And I still have friends today that ask me every year on Facebook, where's Shatner miss? And so we sort of transitioned it to the podcast last year. And um, it's, it's always fun. I mean, there's so many great clips out there with Shatner. You know, last year we had uh, Shatner singing CeeLo Green's FU song, which yes. I thought was, was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of the story behind Shatner miss. I just thought it was a fun way to, to look at, at his entire career and pick out some things that are just really funny. It's funny because when we talked about it, and I remember seeing those posts on Facebook and, and social media that, that you would do, but when we talked about doing it in last year's show, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so hard to go through and watch any, all these things and pick something. It was 
probably the funnest week I've had preparing a podcast because he is just hilarious to watch. Whether he's doing it on purpose or whether he's just doing it as Shatner, um, it was a great week. And so when we talked about doing this again this year, I was all on board. And what can you say? The man is a legend. It's going to be so fun to, to to make these picks here with you, man. He is, and you know, Captain Kirk, you know, is is so iconic in American pop culture, right? Or even pop culture across the world. His portrayal over the last fifty years has is is the stuff of legend. And I think that's part of what we're celebrating this year. Mm-hmm. This year, it's more about Captain Kirk necessarily than it is Shatner. But hey, it's Shatner, miss. Everybody wins. That's true. <laughs> Very good point. So Dan, you have the number five pick in, in Shatner, miss. Yes. I guess we'll call this the first round. Um, so uh, which clip is uh, – did you put it number five? Well, I'm going to take your rule because, you know, I'm a kind of a rule breaker. You know that, Bill, right? Um, oh, I know it. Yeah, I'm going to take your rule of Kirk uh, only picks, and I'm going to throw that right out the window, right out the airlock, actually, uh, because I'm going with a Shatner moment that was not Kirk per se, but is just something that I don't think anybody cannot have on their list. And that is the famous or maybe the infamous Get a Life skit from Saturday Night Live. Charlie, check this out. Oh, outstanding, Original man. cast photo, right before they had a check on. Well, how much was it? $60. Oh, they got any lift? No, man. Got Attention, truckers. Now available in the Hamilton room, copies of DeForest Kelly's single record, He's Dead, Jim, right now in the Hamilton room. Hey, guys. Hey, Artie. Hey, Artie. How you guys doing on the trivia quiz? Oh, since you... Hey, you got Khan's middle name? No name. Yeoman Rand's cabin number? Why, 390? <laughs> what? What, am I wrong? <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> Attention. Attention, hello, everybody. Welcome to day four of the 16th annual Star Trek convention. Well, here in Rye, New York, a few announcements. Uh, first, uh, a wonderful new uh, item has just been made available to the convention. It's a program from the 1975 convention. Yeah, it's a very special item. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and it's only $30. (laughs) Secondly, we have some exciting guests at the convention today, so let me introduce them to you right now. First, we have the lovely actress Julie Cobb. Now, you all remember her as Yeoman Leslie Thompson from the first 10 minutes of episode 51, Aaron to Mercy, in which she was transformed into a cube and crushed. And next up is uh, Pamela Denberg Doohan, the ex-wife, of, of course, of James Scotty Doohan, and uh, I understand life with the Enterprise's chief mechanical officer was somewhat turbulent. Kind of like living with a Mugatu. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll be able to meet Pamela in the Briar Wing, where she'll be signing copies of her new book, Beam Me Out of Here. <laughs> and finally, the man you've all been waiting for. This is his first Star Trek convention in quite a long time. I know he's thrilled to be here. Captain James Tiberius Kirk himself. <laughs> 
Now, Bill's here to field a few questions, so just fire away. No, Mr. Shadman. Mr. All right, the first question. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, when you, you were going to beam down on the planet, okay, for the la last time in episode 25, uh -huh. I was wondering, like, um, what, what was going on with the, the crew uh, in that particular... Ep episode 25? Yeah. Um, you, you, you got to give me a plot, see, because it's 20 years and it's a long time. Oh, plot. Uh, hey, episode 25, that's where you and the, and the crew of the Enterprise got um, attacked by these spores and started acting uh, oh, real weird, like hippies and stuff. I remember. Okay. Uh, what's what, what's well, your question? Um, well, I wonder if you could settle a bet for me and my friends, sure. okay? Um, like when you um, left your quarters for the last time and you, you opened up your safe, um, what was the combination? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, uh, it's been a long time. I, I, I don't know that. Okay, uh, okay. Okay? Uh, anybody? Oh, all right. Go ahead. You? Go ahead. You in the funny shirt. Okay. Okay. Another bet. Uh-huh. Okay. On your horse farm, all right, how many saddle-bred horses do you have? Uh, 34. Wait, wait. Is that including the colt that was born earlier this week? <laughs> that mare had a foal? Tuesday. Well, I guess it's 35 then. All right, all right. You know, before I, I answer any more questions, there's something I wanted to say. I, I, having received all your letters over the years, and, and, and I've spoken to many of you, and some of you have traveled, you know, hundreds of miles uh, to be here, I'd just like to say, get a life, will you, people? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean for, for crying out loud, it's, it's just a TV show. <laughs> I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. You, 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 you've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few uh, years into a colossal waste of time. I mean, I mean, how old are you people? What have you done with yourselves? You, you, you must be almost 30. Have you, have you ever kissed a girl? think so. There's a, there's a whole world out there. When I was your age, I didn't watch television. I lived. So move out of your parents' basements and get your own apartments and, and grow the hell up. I mean, it's just a TV show, damn it. It's just a TV show. Are, are you saying then that we should pay more attention to the movies? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Hey, you guys are the Lamest bunch of, I mean, I've never seen... I can't believe these people. I mean, I, I really can't understand what's going on here. I mean... <laughs> uh, that was William Shatner, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'd like to remind you, uh, Trekkers, that we, uh, we have some fine refreshments from all over the galaxy. Coke, Diet Coke, Bubble Up, but Orange, I believe. We... Of course, that speech was a recreation of the evil Captain Kirk. From um, episode um, uh, 37, uh, called "The Enemy Within." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, and 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 live long and prosperous. So everybody, you know, set your faces on stun, because this convention's ahead. Warp Factor Nine, you know. Now, when I say infamous, back in the day, and, and you and I you and I went through this growing up. We were Star Trek fans from when we were very young, and we were fans before it was cool 
to be a Star Trek fan. So we had the ridicule and the dorks and the geek, Trek geeks, yeah? Um, and all that negative making fun of stuff that happened as Trek fans back in the early days. And this skit came out and people were not happy with Shatner after that Saturday Night Live episode. They, uh, a lot of Star Trek fans felt very betrayed by what he was, by what he did in that skit. But I got to tell you, it's hysterical. Even as such a Star Trek fan, it's it's hilarious because that's what we're like. We know the combination to Shatner or to Kirk's um, safe in his quarters and, and just the way that he did that and the whole cast of Saturday Night Live coming together to do that skit. It's one of the best skits in Saturday Night Live history, I think. Absolutely it is. And I have to correct you on one thing. You said you didn't follow the rules, but technically you did because Shatner did pretend to be evil Kirk from the enemy within. So you're still covered. Uh, that's, that's true. And at the end, he said, what are this conventions ahead? Warp factor nine. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> I'm saved. <laughs> you are saved. So you know, all is not lost. This Shatner miss. It's a, it's a Shatner miss miracle. <laughs> Very I could, nice. I could, I could go all day. You know, only you and I could do a clip show like this. I think the only show that does it better is the Golden Girls, yet we digress. Um, my number five, believe it or not, is also from SNL. And it's a skit that not as many people recognize, but I think it's hilarious um, because it 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 kind of riffs on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And uh, let's see, you've got Kevin Nealon as Mr. Spock. You've got Phil Hartman as Dr. McCoy, the late Phil Hartman. And you've got Dana Carvey as Khan. <laughs> and it's uh, – Star Trek, the restaurant enterprise where William Shatner reprises his role as Captain James T. Kirk after the enterprise has been turned into a seafood restaurant. Captain's log, star date 4639.2. It is nearly six months since the Starship Enterprise was purchased by the Marriott Corporation for use as a theme restaurant. The adjustment was difficult for my crew, but they have performed with efficiency and courtesy, eagerly embracing their new mission of people-pleasing. I'm First Officer Spock, and I'll be your waiter this evening. May I take your order? Uh, yes, I would like the shrimp uh, cocktail appetizer and the seafood platter, please. Excuse me, I find that selection highly illogical, as the shrimp is also included in the seafood platter. Oh, well, thank you. I'll have the seafood platter, then. Excellent. And you, ma'am? The same. Very good. Damn it, Spock. You and your infernal Vulcan logic. You just talked them out of a shrimp cocktail, possibly two. I find it most curious, Captain, the human desire to have as a main course what one has just had as an appetizer. Well, you'll learn, Mr. Spock, that logic has little place in the food service industry. Evidently. Spock, oh, what the devil's going on? Jim, thank God you're back. Well, I left orders that Wednesday night should be crab night. <laughs> Captain, we ran out of crab two hours ago. The most logical alternative seemed to be grayfish. Grayfish? Humpback whale, Captain. Oh, Spark. It's good fish, Jim. It really is. Oh, Captain Kirk, thank goodness you're here. Yes. I'm having trouble with his customer at table four. Spark, well, just stay here. Unless you're needed, I'll handle this. For God's sake, Jim, be careful. 
Everything all right? Oh, Enjoying a meal? Nice. Good, 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 good. good. Hello. Hello. I'm Captain Kirk. I understand you're having trouble with your order? Yes, I am. I ordered a Klingon, and they give me this fried clam sandwich. Ma'am, a Klingon is a fried clam sandwich. Well, now, I thought it was a lobster salad sandwich. Uh, no, that's a Romulan, ma'am. Well, then you must have changed the name, because... We well, didn't change the name, ma'am. I, I think we can straighten all this out. Thank Would you, you uh, still like the lobster salad? Uh, yes, please, with uh, onion rings. Please. Mr. Chekhov. Yes, Captain. I need a rum with rings. And a drink? Uh, chocolate Scotty. And a chalk Scott. It'll be right up. Thank you. There it is now. Thank you. Here you are. Excellent. Enjoy your meal. Yes, thank you very much. Enjoy your meal. Thank you. Everything all right here? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Enjoying yourself? Boy! Oh, dear. Dr. McCoy, this man needs medical attention. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a... Oh, well, sure. <laughs> Allow me, Dr. Uh, how's that Romulan? It, it just doesn't taste right. I don't know. Aha, uh -huh. bones, bones. Uh, take a look at this one. No dressing on this at all. It's completely dry. No dressing? Just a soup. What happened to the Russian dressing? The dispenser is jammed, Captain. It will take days to repair. We don't have days. <laughs> How are we on the French dressing? Good, Captain. All right. I tell you what I want. I want you to take the French dressing and mix it with a little mayonnaise and relish. Aye, aye, sir. And push it to the limit, Mr. Soup. I want full relish. It's working, sir. It's working, sir. Sewer. Captain. You've been putting on a little weight? <laughs> yes, Captain, a little. And don't make me regret my policy of free food for the crew. Aye, aye, Captain. Scotty! Scott here, Captain. Well, what's going on? We've stopped revolving. I don't know, Captain. The controls are set to full rotate. I don't think she can take any more. <laughs> Mr. Scott, this is a revolving restaurant. I'm responsible for the dining enjoyment of 150 patrons who come here for the view. I cannot and I will not compromise in quality. Captain, our sensors show an unidentified life form heading in this direction. Perhaps that's the reason we're having this mechanical difficulty. So, Captain Carr. Followed you to the ends of the galaxy, Kark. <laughs> My revenge will be final. The Enterprise will be. Sulu? Oh my God, what has happened to you? <laughs> Look at you! We all get older, Khan. Turn around. That's enough. <laughs> you board my ship. Uninvited, you insult my staff. What else? What's, what's your business here? My business, Kark, is official. No paper towels in the employee washroom. <laughs> Dirty silverware store next to clean. No sneeze guard on the salad bar. <laughs> I have dreamed of this moment, Cog, for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs>
He's got us, Jim. Maybe, maybe not. I have a plan. Bones, do you have any money on you? A little, but why? Give it to me. Bones, Spock. I failed to see the logic behind your plan, Captain. You're absolutely right, Khan. About these violations, I want to thank both of you for bringing them to our attention. Rest assured that they will be corrected immediately. Well, I should report these violations of your restaurant, Captain, but since this is your first offense and you're going to correct them, I think we can overlook this. Oh, so you have won this round, Kark. I will be back in three months' time, And you will be sighted. Inspector, come! I find it ironic, Captain, that in his mad thirst for revenge, Khan was betrayed by the very health inspector he enlisted. Never underestimate the power of human greed, Mr. Spock. What he's saying, Spock, is that perhaps there are limitations to your vaunted Vulcan logic. Dr. McCoy, would you do me the very great honor of eating my shorts? What? <laughs> Mr. Spock, I believe you're becoming more human every time. <laughs> Mr. Scott! So I just had to insert the entire seven minute clip there. Um, that, I gotta, I gotta jump that, in. Yeah. No sneeze guard on the salad bar. <laughs> oh man. It's a, it's a skit that so many people forget about, but it is hilarious. And seeing him wear the command gold uniform again, you know, with the, with that bad wig on his head. Um, really just looks kind of funny and out of place. It looks like it's about three sizes too big. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that is one of my favorite SNL clips. I mean, the uh, the Get a Life one is classic, but this one is is just so underrated and forgotten. I had to put it at number five. And man, you could tell that Dana Carvey was just having a ball as Khan. The facial expressions. Oh, you have won this round, Kirk. Oh my God, it's just so good. I love Dana Carvey on, on Saturday Night Live. That's one of his, that's one that I will always remember. Now, I do have to say that I think those are the only comedic entries on our list. So the rest of it is all Captain James T. Kirk from Star Trek, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? You are absolutely correct. Um, all of mine are all from uh, – actually, I'll, I'll whittle it down. They're all from the original series. Uh, no movies in my list um, and all um, kind of serious kind of uh, picks. What about you? I, uh, I, my remaining four picks are split two and two, um, two from the original series and two from the movies. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see where we fall on those. Um, so why don't you tell us your number four pick? Absolutely. My number four pick is one of the best speeches that Shatner gives as Captain Kirk. Um, I won't do a whole lot of run up. We'll just play the speech. And uh, then we'll talk about it. It is the infamous, that's why we're aboard her speech from Return to Tomorrow. They used to say if man could fly, he'd have wings. But he did fly. He discovered he had to. Do you wish that the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon? Or that we hadn't gone on to Mars and then to the nearest star? That's like saying you wish that 
You still operated with scalpels and sold your patients up with catgut like your great-great-great-great-grandfather used to. I'm in command. I could order this. But I'm not. Because Dr. McCoy is right in pointing out the enormous danger potential in any contact with life and intelligence as fantastically advanced as this. But I must point out that the possibilities, the potential for knowledge and advancement is equally great. Risk. Risk is our business. That's what this starship is all about. That's why we're aboard her. You may descend without prejudice. Do I hear a negative vote? One of the things that makes this clip so good, not only is William Shatner's speech, but the dramatic music playing behind him, or actually maybe in front of him a little bit, really makes this scene stand out as one of the best Kirk moments, in in my opinion. Uh, I, not because, because Dr. McCoy is right. I mean, just the everything in the scene is just total Shatner Kirk. It's great. It is so over the top, but it's fantastic, right? Because, you know, he gets this moment to just sort of stand in the spotlight and, and, and give a soliloquy of sorts. And he's right. I mean, that is why they're aboard her. It's, uh, it's definitely fantastic. It's a great pick, buddy. Well, you know, it's it's not me, man. It's it's Shatner, and it's his great picks, too. <laughs> it's the Shats. Billy Shats, as they would say on Two Guys, One Track. I like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I love the speech. All the speeches are usually good, but what about you? What do you got for number four, man? You know, at number four, I have to say, this is a, a clip we've played before on Trek Geeks. Oh. And it was an Independence Day episode. And that may give you a hint as to what episode I might be referring to. <laughs> and uh, I have to go with the infamous speech from the Omega Glory. Uh, because it is just – it is so freaking James T. Kirk that it's not funny. I mean you want to talk about the fact that he was giving a soliloquy in Return of Tomorrow. This one, it just takes that one and goes, ha, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> no, no. Only the eyes of a chief may see the E. Plebnista. This was not written for chiefs. Hear me. Hear this! Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. 
Look at these three words written larger than the rest, with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, We the people. That what you called Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. Down the centuries, you have slurred the meaning out of the words, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this Constitution. These words and the words that follow were not written only for the Yangs, but for the Koms as well. The Koms? They must apply to everyone, or they mean nothing. Do you understand? I do not fully understand one named Kirk. But the holy words will be obeyed. I swear it. about his guilt, Captain. But does our involvement here also constitute a violation of the Prime Directive? We merely showed them the meaning of what they were fighting for. Liberty and freedom have to be more than just words. Doctor. Gentlemen, the fighting is over here. I suggest we leave them to discover their history and their liberty. And then on that note, the next thing, he kind of screws up the, the next part. Among my people, but he doesn't say that. He's like, among my people. <laughs> he kind of screws up people a little bit. I always thought that was kind of funny, too. And I was a peace and tranquility. <laughs> the best. That is, okay, I'm going to take a vote right now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand as yes. That is the best Kirk word in Star Trek history. Oh no! See, I gotta, I, I gotta disagree with that. I gotta say, but say it's sabotage. <laughs> That's just because we watched Star Trek Continues recently. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it, it's only in Continues because it's in the original series, and it's fantastic. That's awesome. You know. That's an awesome pick, man. That speech. I mean, I tried to do a Shatner impersonation during that uh, Independence Day episode. Nobody, nobody can stand up that tall with those shoulders and do that speech better than the Shat. That is so classically Shatner and so so wonderfully Captain Kirk that uh, there's no way that clip doesn't make my list. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, can I give you a little bit of a spoiler? Um. Maybe. We might be talking about this again. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> so you're just saying I had it too low. I get it. Well, Dan, um, 
we're at the soup round. Yes. They would say on Trek Ranks, that's number three. And um, what did you have as your number three entry in the Shatner Miss Part D? Well, my number three soup round pick is not so much a Kirk speech, but more a Kirk Shatner look. And we've all seen it a hundred times. We've made fun of the fact that the scratch is on the wrong side of his face. And it's the famous, I'm Captain Kirk, from the enemy within. The imposter is not to be injured. Use minimum force. Repeat, the imposter is not to be injured. I don't know if there's a better image of Kirk as a complete and utter psychopath than when after he screams like that, he's got this look on his face like he's trying to breathe in, but isn't really sure how to. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he's hyperventilating. (laughs) I just, it's, it's such a small, it's, I mean, it's, it's three words. He says, I'm Captain Kirk a couple of times, but it's a perfect Kirk moment. And I, I just love it. I, I'm a big fan of that episode anyway. Um, but I just think that's hilarious, that that whole look on his face. I actually thought of using that as the album cover this week. But it's such a scary looking picture that I decided to go with the other one. The other great part about that episode is it's got Spock's dog. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Which is a fantastic five-year mission song. And on their album, Spock's Brain is a newly recorded version. But hey... Pick it up for yourself and find out why it's so awesome. Um, Coming in and my entry in the soup round, my third pick, is something that's going to sound a little bit familiar to you, Dan. We're not going to play the clip for this one because we just played it, but it's the risk is our business. Nice. Nice. The same speech from Return to Tomorrow. You and I just happened to – zero in on two different phrases in that same speech. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. What's funny about that speech though, is, is, is I talked about the music a minute ago and the music builds up and that's why we're aboard her. And then that, when it wraps up and, and the music kind of changes and he's like, do I hear a negative vote? Just it's like, really? You just gave that speech and you think anybody's going to say no to you? <laughs> Well, I, I'm more stunned by the fact that he actually, for the first time in the series, threw something up to a vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was like, this is Captain Kirk. I mean, when does he take votes? He's he's in command. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm going to pass around this piece of paper, and everybody's got a pen, and write uh, your answer on it, and bring it back over here to, uh, to Lieutenant Uhura, and she's going to put them in this hat, and we're going to draw them out one by one, and we'll see what everybody says, okay? But remember, secret ballot. So uh, don't let anybody else see your paper. <laughs> nice. Spock, Spock, no cheating. <laughs> Very good. The Not only is the speech great, and we didn't talk about this earlier, but I wanted to bring it up since I'm glad you brought it. You had it too because I forgot to bring it up when I had it as my pick. His his physical acting in this scene is great because, you know, you know, sewed your patience up with cat gut like your great, 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 great 
grandfather used to when he's like slapping an imaginary person each time he says great. <laughs> Much like I would want to slap you. Uh, if I knew that was coming, I walked yeah. right into that one. You sure did. You sure did. Um, yeah, but I, you know, it's it, Return to Tomorrow isn't exactly one of my favorite episodes either. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that scene is just so iconic as far as Kirk's speeches go that it just it has to be on this list. Absolutely. And I'm glad we both had it. Very cool. I am too. So, Dan, that brings us to the second round, the penultimate round mm. in Shatner Miss Part Deux. And um, what do you have in the number two spot? Well, you know, Bill, among my people, <laughs> I, uh, it is our second repeat offender, so to speak, of this great celebration that is Shatner Miss Part Deux. And that is. The Captain Kirk preamble from the Omega Glory. We don't have to play it again, but oh, it is so good. It is my number two pick. It is that high. And it could have very easily been my number one because it is it is just oozing with Kirkness. I think the amazing thing here is that we had back-to-back duplicates. Yeah. You know, yep. mm-hmm. this was not written for Jeeps. Hear me. Hear this. Among my people, we carry many such words as this for many lands. Many worlds. Many are equally good. All are as well-respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. <laughs> Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, we the people. That which you call E. Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. I just, oh, God, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I <Woody>. love it. <laughs> I love it so much. That is, um, I think that that is probably my favorite Kirk speech of all time. It is um, so good. It's separate from Shattermas. I mean, when I rank all the, the Kirk speeches where he's, either, you know, he's talking a computer to death or he's uh, – He's pontificating. This is probably my favorite of all of them, to be honest. It is great. Uh, it's just, and you know, you you said it just a minute ago with Return Tomorrow. The Omega Glory is not really an awesome episode. It's a good episode, but it's not one of the best. But it's got one of the best moments in Kirk history in it, and I think that's cool that you can have a not so great episode, but a uh, something in it that nobody ever forgets. Yes, and it gives you know William Shatner particularly a time to to just sort of take center stage and put the whole episode on his back, you know, back then, and uh, it just it works every time it happens. Some people say it's corny, some people say it's ah, it's it's cheesy, it's sixties, but for this character in this show, it just it works so well, and uh, I love it, man. I really do. It's awesome, awesome stuff. So, buddy, we're at the number one round, the the final round of Shatner Miss Part Two. I always love saying duh. <laughs> oh, Scooby-Doo, that's even better. Um, so what is your number one pick for this Shatner miss, my friend? Well, before we get into what my number one pick is, we have to tell a little bit of a story. And Bill, I, I kind of want you to give your part of the story to kind of set the tone as to what this number one pick is. There's a very specific reason that this is my number one pick. It's not a super famous scene. It's not a a speech. It's just two quick sentences, but there's a very specific reason why this is my number one. And I know 
that you know what the number one is choice is for me. And there's a specific reason for it. Give me a little bit of your spin on this. Okay. Um, I, I know immediately which one it is because it's the one that that you first – well, let me back up. The first time you and I worked together was about a little over 20 years ago at an unnamed uh, mutual fund company. Yes. And we both did tech support. And you were in one of the new hire classes ahead of me. And uh, when I came out of my new hire class onto the floor in the phone center, I got to sit with you and, and listen to phone calls and, and observe. And that's how we, our friendship started was because you had Star Trek stuff on your cube and we automatically had something to talk about and we had something in common. And, uh, and that's how our friendship began. And um, there was one day in particular, and I don't remember how we got on this topic, but we were talking about Amok Time. Yes. And I think I was started talking about the fight music because it's just so classic, you know, the dun 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 Yeah. And without missing a beat, I was in between phone calls at the time and we sat either next to each other or one cube away from each other. You dropped this line and I or these two lines, and I laughed so hard that I had tears streaming down my face. And this particular line is the reason why I say you do the better impersonation of Captain James T. Kirk, because that that first time you did it, it was spot on and you still do it today. And I laugh almost as hard every single time. All right, let's see if I can do it. (sighs) (laughs) Guilt's Bach. It's not what came to Vulcan for, is it? You know, You're gonna the, have to kill him, Jim. <laughs> the the thing that sells it is the breathing, and you don't just breathe. I mean, you breathe with your entire body on that one, just as Kirk does in the scene. I'm and a little you, busy right now. <laughs> you over exaggerate it to the point where you take that first breath. I know what's coming, and I start laughing instantly. Yes, you do. It's what makes you know. We said for for coming up on three years now, actually, that part of the reason that we do this podcast is. Because we love Star Trek and we celebrate our friendship. And this is the moment. This is the thing that cemented our friendship over 20 years ago was this line, this scene in Amok Time. And from that point on, I don't think there was any ch- any question that we were just going to be doing Star Trek and we were going to be friends forever. Without a doubt. So let's make it official. Um, why don't you introduce the clip? <sighs> <laughs> It is the infamous Gil Spock from Amok Time. Is this Vulcan chivalry? The air's too hot and thin for Kirk. He's not used to it. The air is the air. What can be done? I can compensate the atmosphere and the temperature with this. At least it'll give Kirk a fighting chance. We may proceed. You're gonna have to kill him, John. Kill Spock? That's not what we came to Vulcan for, is it? What's that? It's a triox compound. We'll help you breathe. Now be careful. Sound medical advice. 
It never gets old, does it, man? <laughs> it it really doesn't. As as much as I love that episode, because that is one of Star Trek's finest episodes. Um, I still love the way you deliver that line better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's what's kind of funny now is nowadays, if I'm watching that on TV, and God forbid my wife or other family members around, that scene's pretty dramatic. But when that line happens, I always crack up. <laughs> I do too, and and I, I you know, it, it just doesn't fit with the scene. People go, "Why, why are you laughing?" It's like, <laughs> no, really, you don't. That understand. would be a great. I think we've seen it as cosplay, but that'd be a great cosplay. Just the slit across the shirt with a little red line, and I can just walk around going, "Gilspock." Oh, I think I got an idea for Vegas. But you have to wear a toupee is just as bad as Shatner's. Oh well, never mind then. But okay, <laughs> well. That's my number one. It's it's always going to be my favorite Kirk line because of what it means for for our friendship. Um, what do you got for your number one, old friend? Wow, this kind of makes me feel like I, I made a bad pick because I picked something that was about Shatner and not about um, <laughs> our friendship. So I'm that's a sucky about friend. You. That's okay. No, that's that's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah, I suck. Um, Dan, my number one pick has to come from what I still believe is the best Star Trek movie of all time, even if it's not all that Star Trek-y. Um, but I can use three words to tell you what it is, and you'll know instantly. Are you ready? Hold on a second. Yeah. We didn't do your number two pick. Oh, yeah. Hey, my bad. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Don't do it yet. Time out. Time out. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? Because um, – your number two is an overlap, so right. Um, we'll do my number two and then my number one. How's that? That's good. People would rather hear you than me anyway, so I'm all for that. Go. Counting is hard. It's, um, it's, so, yes. so yeah, okay. So hold off on my. We're gonna take a step back from my number one. And we're gonna talk about my number two, which is also from a Star Trek movie. Yes, and um, it's it's the end scene of Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, um, where Kirk says, "Second sound of the right." And straight on till morning. I just, I love the way he delivers that line. He's got that sort of smile on his face Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's take it around the galaxy one more time before we drop this thing off at space dock. And, um, it just, it makes me happy to see that scene, even though it's the last original series cast film and it's a bit of a, you know, a, a single tier moment, but, um, Star Trek six, the undiscovered country. God, that's a big ship. Not so big as her captain, I think. So, this is goodbye. I think it's about time we got underway ourselves. Captain, I have orders from Starfleet Command. We're to put back to space dock immediately to be decommissioned. If I were human, I believe my response would be, go to hell. If I were human. Course heading, Captain.
Second star to the right. And straight on till morning. Captain's log, star date 9529.1. This is the final cruise of the Starship Enterprise under my command. This ship and her history will shortly become the care of another crew. To them and their posterity will we commit our future. They will continue the voyages we have begun and journey to all the undiscovered countries, boldly going where no man, where no one has gone before. And it's hard to believe that that movie came out this week yeah. in 1991. It's amazing. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Uh, you know, is that what we're doing? I don't Well, we're pretending we are anyway. But you know what I love real, really uh, like a lot? Like a lot. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and that scene, not only what Shatner does, because you're right, he's got that smile. He's got that little twinkle in his eye. But after that, when the Enterprise, when you see the Enterprise going forward into space, the cast autographs come across the screen. I have always thought that with what Kirk says and then that final goodbye by the cast really works well. And one of the things I like most about that is William Shatner's autograph actually looks like William Shatner's autograph and not what he signed on my picture at STLV this past year. <laughs> Something we can't repeat on the podcast ever. No. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, that's my number two. Um, let's so let's get back to my number one since I can't count, and that's the reason why I married an accountant and all that. Um, so we'll we'll head right into my number one, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. But I can sum up my number one, Dan, in three words, and they are these: still old friend. What that's right. The scene between Kirk and Khan when Kirk is in the Genesis cave from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan, bloodsucker. You're going to have to do your own dirty work now. Do you hear me? Do you! Kirk. Kirk, you're still alive, my old friend. Still old friend you managed to kill just about everyone else but like a poor marksman you keep missing the target perhaps i no longer need to try Khan, you've got Genesis, but you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here. I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. 
I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her, marooned for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. Dan, you bloodsucker. <laughs> You're going to have to do your own dirty work now. Do you hear me? Do you? I've done far worse than hurt you. No. Oh, I screwed it up. No, oh, forget it. Oh, it my up. oh, my God. It's Kirk. Kirk, you are still alive, my old friend. Still old friend. You've managed to kill just about everyone else, but like a poor marksman, you keep missing the target. <laughs> awesome so you're not so bad a kirk impersonator yourself buddy hey nothing beats <sighs> kill spock <laughs> you know yeah. that uh that scene in wrath of khan you know I, I have khan as my license plate okay i mean yes that's how much i love wrath of khan it's a part of my day every day and there's just there's no way that particular clip couldn't come in at number one in Shatner miss. I would have I would have totally messed this up if I had had not made that decision. I have to say that a lot of people the first thing they think of with that scene is when Kirk screams Khan, but it doesn't mean as much if you don't have this discussion in front of it, I think. I love the way just the way that he says that. Still old friend. It's perfect. It's great. You can see the tension, you can hear it. Awesome number one pick, dude. Morehouse don't got nothing on us, yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, the thing I love about this scene is that Kirk, you know, Kirk thinks he's given Khan a big old F you, but Khan gets an even bigger one just seconds after that when he beams the Genesis device onto the Reliant. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, ri- really? Uh, a double dumbass on me? Um <laughs> No. Uh, yes. Just a great, great scene. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot about Shatner being over the top. And uh, in this, he's he's the perfect bit of over the top and rageful. And um, I just, I love this scene to death. And like I said, there's no way it couldn't be number one for me. Yep. And I totally agree with you. Even after all these years and so many movies, I don't know if anything will ever top Wrath of Khan as the best Star Trek film. I don't think it could, you know, um, I think it's got the right amount of action. It's got the right amount of humor and, and humanization of the characters. I mean, you know, we, we examine them, you know, when, as they're getting older. And I think that's fascinating because, you know, heroes never age per se, at least not in our minds. And, um, I think that's why this movie is so, so amazing because it acknowledges, Hey, these people are human. They get older. Kirk needs glasses for, for crying out loud. Right. So, but, um, you know, if you're going to pick a bunch of clips of William Shatner, I think we've picked a a really great cross section of stuff, buddy. I think so too. And, and it shows that we, uh, we have the same appreciation for what Shatner has done for over 50 years because we had a couple, uh, of crossovers and we picked the same thing and, uh, it's, it's never going to get old in 50 more years when we're celebrating the hundredth anniversary. Well, we might not be celebrating the hundredth anniversary, but when other people are, I would not be surprised to see some of these things in their top Kirk moment lists. Speak for yourself. I plan to live forever. 
Oh, beautifully done, oh, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, Captain Kirk was my boyhood hero, as we've talked about on this podcast before, and the Enterprise was my boyhood ship of dreams. And, you know, these things these things stick with you, these moments. You know, that's why these characters become so beloved to us, because there are moments like this that you can, you know, enjoy and fall in love with all over again year after year after year. Absolutely. I could not have said that better than myself. So I'm not going to Oh, thank God. Uh, Dan, you know what else I fall in love with year after year after year? The music of the band Five Year Mission. No, not you. Um, they who provide every last note of music you hear on this year podcast. Five amazing guys who we are extremely grateful to each and every week because um, we get to use their music as part of the podcast and we hope you all enjoy it. What we really want you to do is head on out to fiveyearmission.net, download every single last bit of their music, get ready for year four because it is coming very soon. And we know you're just going to love it, Dan. It is going to be great. We cannot wait to hear what they have in this album. Their, their Kickstarter is wrapping up soon. You still have time to uh, donate uh, to that uh, production of, of year four. And Bill, I got a special Farkism this week, and it's kind of funny. What we're talking about today is going to kind of play in. I'm not going to tell you the title of the episode, actually, my friend. No, 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 no. I got something even better for you because we love five-year mission so much. I'm just going to do a scene and it might run a little longer than usual. And and, and I'll tell you when it's done. So just bear with me because there might be some dramatic pauses in there. Okay. Oh, of course. Never told you how Admiral Kirk sent 70 of us into exile on this barren sand heap with only the contents of these cargo bays to sustain us. You lie. On SETI Alfark 5, there was life. A fair chance. This is SETI Alfark 5. SETI Alfark 6 exploded six months after we were left here. The shock shifted the orbit of this planet, and everything was laid waste. Admiral Kirk never bothered to check on our progress. So there you have it. SETI Alpha Fark forever changing the course of history between Kirk and Khan. SETI Alfark 5. And 6. Oh, sorry. And 6. Um... Yeah, I was just talking about how much I love Wrath of Khan. And now, <laughs> now all I can think about is the fact that Khan is on SETI Alfark 5. Hey, I just read the lines, man. I'm Hey, don't shoot the messenger, you know? No, I want to sh- <laughs> shoot the messenger with a phaser on level 300. What? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Total... Total evaporation, disintegration, you name it. I, like like the old bum in Sitting on the Edge of Forever who gets the phaser and shoots himself and turns wow. into a glowy blue <laughs> orb and disappears. Glowy glue orb. That's good description. That's, <laughs> <laughs> not, as, not as good as bacteria frap from the, the last episode. But, uh, but yeah, fiveyearmission.net. Please download all their music. Dan, we want to remind everyone that they can subscribe to this year's podcast on their favorite mobile device and, and even an email if they so choose. You can head out to trekgeeks.com and find a variety of ways to get both of our podcasts, Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek, delivered automatically right to your hot little hands. So um, we're on iTunes, we're on 
Google Play Music. We're on iHeartRadio. We're now on Spotify, the largest streaming platform on this planet, Dan. When did it that is, happen? Uh, just a, a short time ago. It's fantastic. Um, so many great ways to get this podcast, and, and we hope you'll all take advantage of of whichever one is most convenient for you. Dan, next week, and in fact, for the next few weeks, hmm. we're going to be enjoying some quiet time. Yes, it's it's always a special time of year, and we want to wish all of our listeners the merriest of Christmases, happiest of holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate, make it the most, make it special by being with your friends and your family. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to take a few weeks off. We're going to spend time with the people that we love. We're going to commute with the people that we work with. Um, and we're going to be back on January 9th, 2018 here on Trek Geeks. And also, for those of you waiting for it, um, Discovering Trek will be returning that same week. So you're going to get a double dose of Bill and Dan. And we hope you all have a very, very happy holiday. We sincerely thank you all for spending the last year with us or year plus for however long you've been listening and for for becoming part of our lives through listening to this podcast and interacting with us on Camp Kittimer. It truly means the world to us and we wish you all nothing but the happiest of holidays and all the best in 2018. Can't wait to start uh, our fourth year later that month. Uh, Pretty exciting stuff. Dan, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek, yo, please visit our amazing friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 124 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We wish you Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Live long and prosper. This is my chicken sandwich and coconut. I want a pina colada right now. I don't care if it takes every man on the ship. I want a pina colada right now, Bill. Does that mean you're like getting caught in the rain? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, buddy. You too, buddy. Merry Christmas. Bong, 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 bing, bong. I'm not going to do my Kirk impersonation yet, but I'm still catching up from the Patriots game. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing that neither of us has a heart condition. My word. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I can't take games like that. <laughs> it was very reminiscent of the Super Bowl. I was. Let, let's set the scene here. I mean, as, as we record this, it is less than a half an hour after the end of that game. Uh, Patriots-Steelers, week 15 in the NFL season in Pittsburgh. And oh my word, oh, God. I feel like I just went 10 rounds. Yeah. Patriots score 11 points in three minutes in the final four minutes of the game. They kick the ball off to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh gets all the way down to the 10 in two plays. They think they score a touchdown. But he, the ball rolled in the guy's hands. They call it incomplete. And instead of spiking the ball and kicking a field goal to tie it, 
Roethlisberger decides to do a little trickery and throws a slant into the end zone, which gets intercepted. Patriots win. Boom. How was that for a recap? <laughs> that was that was pretty good. That was uh, better than anything that ESPN has ever done. <laughs> I'm surprised I have a voice right now. I, I I am too, quite frankly, because I know how in, intensely you watch those games. And I do mean intense because you are on the edge of your seat screaming at the television. Yep. You are invested when you watch the Patriots. I am. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I've even told the story about the Super Bowl last year with my bloody nose. What? Did I tell you that? No. After the Super, with the Super Bowl last year with Atlanta, of course, the uh, greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, ring number five for the New England Patriots. When they won the game, my brother-in-law and I, every play, we were just like standing and pacing around. And every good play, we'd go and we'd, we'd chest bump and we'd be like, argh, argh. so they win the game. We're all excited. We're jumping around. He comes around to hug me and he swings his arm and he punches me dead in the nose as he's coming around to hug because I like moved or something. I got blood coming out. I'm laughing. I'm so happy. I don't even care. And so here's another little story to go with that. Every Super Bowl for the last few, I've burned something as a ceremony before the Super Bowl. A couple of years ago, it was a jersey that um, I was wearing when uh, uh, they lost to the, the the second one that they lost to the Giants. And then there was something else th- that I burned. This year, with the win, with the bloody nose, I saved the paper towel that I was bleeding onto. And I've sealed it in a bag. And I will be burning that at the Super Bowl this year for another Patriots ceremony. Hey. <laughs> You, you did. You did what? Yeah. You saved it. Yes, as as the burning ceremony. Yes. You. Yes. You. I just. I want to be clear here. I don't want to misrepresent you. Mm-hmm. No. You saved the yes. bloody t- superstition, baby. the The first Super Bowl they won against the Seahawks, I burned a jacket that I had for years since the Patriots had last uh, won the Super Bowl. Burned that, and they won the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Last year, I burned the shirt that I was wearing when they lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. Burned that. They won the Super Bowl. I got to have something. I got good clothes now. I got good karma with the clothes I'm wearing, so I can't burn any more clothes. So I saved the bloody paper towel. It's kind of like the bloody sock with Kurt Schilling. It should go in the Hall of Fame, but we're going to burn it in a ceremony instead. I I ask this with all love and respect because you know you're like family to me, and and I would do anything for you, but – is wrong with you <laughs> dude it's worked for the last two super bowls i gotta do it for something so i'm okay with it and people can have their opinion about it i'm good with it i got it saved it's put oh, in no, a drawer. No. it's all good no, no, you can burn whatever you want that's not what i'm wtfing it's the bloody tissue do you, what is the- oh no 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 it's not a tissue it's a paper towel oh my bad the bloody paper towel what uh, uh, who, who saves that I nobody normally I normally wouldn't, but I need something, and so I decided to do it. As it happened, I'm like, "Oh my god, I gotta save this! Get me a bag! I gotta save it for next year for the burning ceremony." And everybody thought it was great, so I saved it. Um, I'm gonna start my own burning ceremony, and I think I'm gonna start with you. I'm gonna light you on fire. <laughs> oh man! Whew. So how you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> I am spent. <laughs> I want to say it's, uh, as we record this, it's December 17th, 2017. Um, I still have not put up my Christmas tree. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Me, who usually puts it up like at the end of November, 
Yeah. Still hasn't done it. Yeah. We did ours yesterday. So, I mean, I'm not too far, but you're not too far behind us. Um, I saw the but, photo. It looks fantastic. Yeah. It came out great. You know, we did it late because with the house being up for sale and stuff like that, we didn't want to have it up too long. So, but we did it yesterday, had uh, M and Tasha and we went out and cut it down and decorated it up, had the holiday plan while we were doing it. It was a good night. Had a lot of fun. Nice. I think yeah. that's fantastic. I, uh, I have no idea when we're going to put ours up. <laughs> okay. Well, you got a week. Uh, yeah, I maybe we'll do it Christmas Eve. You never know. There you go. Enjoy it. Yeah. For a day. Yeah. Although it also means I haven't watched like White Christmas because that's like my favorite Christmas movie, the Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, uh, Rosie Clooney one. Do you want to? Um, um, do you want to have another WTF moment? Oh God! Yeah. Let me get my pen ready to write down the time index. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I haven't seen White Christmas ever in my life. Well, you know, I can't really WTF you for that because I had not seen it before 15 years ago. Oh, okay. But um, it is it is classic, man. It's become my go-to holiday movie. You nice. know, um, it's, it's fantastic. I you know there everybody has their own their own loves. I mean, I still love Christmas Story. I still love It's a Wonderful Life. I think it's a fantastic film, no matter what people say. Even though it's not really a Christmas movie, it's just a movie that takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and Die Hard. I love Die Hard. It's a great Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, you know what else I wish I hadn't seen all my life? Me? My face? Your face. There you go. Yeah. We haven't done your face in a long time. See what I did? I took that away from you by guessing it ahead of time. So it now it has zero meaning like you in it your face. Still, it was still fun. It was still fun. Pittsburgh in your face. Ha! <laughs> Let's be nice. We have all listeners right. in Pittsburgh. I know. And we respect the listeners, at least. We do. And I'm sure that they are still hurting from this this game as we would be had we lost. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it is nice to have the tiebreaker for the playoffs. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. Very good. Because if we had lost this game, we we would have been out of a bye. Uh, yeah. Can you yeah. – uh, yeah, Tom Brady is 40 years old, dude. Mm. 40. Mm-hmm. He's playing like he's still 28 for – G-O-A-T, baby. G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. Just like you. Oh, that's very nice of you. I know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree, but thank you. You're the greatest host discovering Trek has ever had. <laughs> well, I know. Thank you. I mean, you're the only host discovering Trek has ever had. But yeah, um, I know. So, so far, if this were Jeopardy, Jeopardy, if this were Jeopardy, you'd, you'd run the category. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I'm looking forward to tonight's discussion. Me too, Dan. Me too. It'll be good. I always love the holidays. We should do the whole episode like this. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. Spock. <laughs> Wait a minute. That star is crooked. <laughs> Fred, Chile. (laughs) It's a major award. (laughs) You you better watch out. You better not cry. Wow. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Very good. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Your Shatner is better than my Shatner. I don't know about that. 
We should have the we should have the listeners decide. I think that we will uh, we'll prove that when we get to your number one pick um, <laughs> in Shatnermas. All right, um, because that's the one that convinced me for now and all time that you are the the better of the Shatners. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right, you ready to do this? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Try to keep the ice cubes to a minimum, would you? Sorry, I'm drinking already. <laughs> what are you drinking? A tequila. Uh, well, margarita, not just straight tequila. But <laughs> hey, they're sipping tequilas. I get it. I know. I'm Here we not go. Not big into the sipping tequila. Here we go. <laughs> 